Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. All right, here we go. Let's go ahead and get to, to, to the meat of this thing. So let me do it how I always do it. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk, where we have unfiltered, unscripted, the uncomfortable conversation about music, music education, HBCU band culture, and band culture, and more. Please make sure that when you step inside this room, I see some people who are watching right now, smash that like button. It doesn't take long. We want to get all the likes up. We want to make sure that our likes are matching our viewers, all right? So as soon as you come in, smash that like button, all right? Make sure you subscribe to the network. Also turn on notifications because we're going to be uploading as much content as we possibly can. All right, here we go. Getting down to our first topic. So, my what? <laughs> Captain Miss Scuttleberry over there. She got some. She's sipping on some. What you? What you no, I'm not. <laughs> Look like somebody no, let out the air. Well, it made me think of um, what was that? Super Mario. I was like, here we go. Like that's what I was sitting here <laughs> saying to myself. Here we go. All right, here we go. So. <laughs> all right, all right, here we go. So here's the first topic. All right, so we got a lot of stuff. We've we've had a lot of great conversations about culture, right? And one of the things that I wanted to, or one of the things that I sat back and thought about, was culture within staff, culture within students, right? And a lot of the things that we we tend to champion. And HBCU culture, especially, is really just some trash behavior. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first question on the floor is, when will we stop accepting trash band behavior? Mm-hmm. When will we stop accepting trash band behavior? Um, Rick, since you you biting that lip, you, you got it. When will when we, we stop, stop accepting is, is when people. With a question like that, Julia, it, it's it's bigger than band, right? It's not just a music thing. This is a black community thing. Like, you don't have to like certain people. You don't have to like their message. But certain things are just facts. Our parents' generations and their parents' generations, like you look at those pictures from civil rights protests from the 50s and 60s, right? Those people are out there in suits. They aren't out there in, in joggers or bonnets or tights or yoga pants or anything like that. There was a standard in our community that was set a long time ago that we've lost as a community. And that is just, you know, band is just a microcosm of that. You know, so to address that question of when we stop having bad band behavior, you must at first, in my opinion, if we're talking about HBCU band culture, you must first address the black experience. I man, I'm fortunate, man. I'm fortunate to know a lot of great people. I'm, you know, I um, I've had the opportunity to talk to some some legends in our field, and uh, I'm gonna always bring his name up on this program. And he may be listening. I don't know. I talked to him about the show today because he actually listens to our show. But um, I was lucky enough to be able to have a, a um, conversation today with Mr. Watkins, Alfred Watkins. And um, if you don't know who Alfred Watkins is, as I've said on this program like three or four times now, get your computer out 
and actually learn something tonight. Alfred Watkins, ladies and gentlemen, was he's a, he's a legend. He's an absolute living legend. He is the first African-American band director to win uh, BOA. He won it twice, actually. Um, last of the high school, man, he was telling me some stories about, you know, some performances and some things that he had done with the band and it just blew my mind. He was telling me a story today. I'm going to give you a prime example and how it, it fits into this question. They played the Nelly Bell in 1988. Um, very famous win ensemble piece. They had performed it and Nelly Bell actually came to his high school to work with his high school students on the piece. Like that's the type of person we're talking about, y'all. Like where you get a worldwide famous winning band composer to come to your school and work his piece with your band. That's the type of person. So I, you surround you if you surround yourself with the right type of people in a program, then your students. I always say this: take on the personality of the band director. So if your band director is out there doing things he shouldn't he or she shouldn't be doing pouring weed is all on themselves and and out there doing foolish stuff then you can expect that that's the mentality that your man to take if you grew up in these programs where somebody had to beat up on you for you to be in that band program then obviously you know that's the way you were raised in band you're going to think that's the way to do to do band and i just remember we talked about this last week how many people made fun of us at norfolk when that ESPN article came out, people laughing at us. Oh, y'all the safe haven, huh? Yeah, we are. And we're better than you. Next. Like it was well, so many, yeah, it was so many people from Hampton. You know, <laughs> shout out of all places. Right. Back then. I ain't talking about Hampton now. Cause another band that's on my underrated list is Hampton, by the way. Shout out to my frat brother Thomas. You're doing great stuff. But um, so many Hampton people would come up. Oh, y'all the safe haven, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, Hannah. When was the last time y'all were good? 93, 4? This is 2001, 2? Oh, okay. Shut up. So, like, you must change culture before you can change trash behavior in a band program. And then I'll get out of the way just by saying, lastly, you know, you need to vet the type of people that you let into your band program. But also... Some of those people that you think may be the worst people or whatever, maybe end up being the best bandsmen you had in your band. I know a lot of people like that. People that come from the hood that don't know no better um, and then turn out to be excellent bandsmen. And Julie, you know who I'm talking about. A couple of our friends. You know, a couple of the friends we had uh, over the years that were great bandsmen that came from, you know, you know, different neighborhoods. So that's all I got. All right. When will we stop being uh stop accepting trash band behavior, Maya? Um, I think that that's far fetched, and I say that because I mean, as soon as mediocrity is applauded or quote unquote accepted, then you've just created your ceiling, because at which point. And, and, and just like Brownie, you were saying, like that goes past being just people in general. Once, like if I can have my cake and eat it too, then I'm going to do it. Well, the majority are going to do just like that. Bands, people, groups, whatever. There's a select few that you get people who have it. And when when we know when we say it, I'm saying talent, heart, true bandsmen, and not 
corn holders, you don't get very many of those yearly. Therefore, you don't get many of those to create a band in itself that's going to reinforce the need to progress, the need to say, okay, well, we're not okay with just being half-assed or just kind of getting getting the job done. We want to push for better. I mean, until you have that, then I really don't see, I don't, I don't see it for us. But then again, if I'm still able to travel, I'm still going to get the applause and this, that, and the third, whoever wants to be entertained because the majority of folks that we are entertaining don't have an ear or an eye for what it is that we do. So they automatically, you start dancing and playing. They like, Ooh, this is amazing. Even if it sounds like, 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 like shit. So again, I mean, you, that's very far-fetched because you would literally have to clear out and start from scratch. You would have to start with those who really get it and build that up. But again, like you said, it takes time to do that. And I don't even know if that's something that's, that's feasible. But Maya, if you remember, if you remember when we got there to PV in 2012, we cut out a lot of those traditions that you guys used to do and weren't, wouldn't even think twice about doing, i.e. cussing in the PV chant, i.e. doing the PV role. And you remember how people were so pissed at us for doing that. Exactly. Like, like it's just it, like, uh, like, it's just like, can you speak on that? Mike? Like, how, how was that experience when we came in and said, we're not saying the S word in the chant no more? I mean, for me, like, it was like, oh, like, but I think that I have that. I'm I'm honored enough to be able to say I think that I have that. It, I understand the larger picture. Like, yeah, it doesn't make it quote unquote as fun and sure that there's tradition, but you have to make way for things that you want to 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 happen. You have to make way for your growth. And exactly that, you got. What do we always say? A couple bad apples. It was a whole bunch of bad apples. You got to push pull them out before they spoil the whole bunch. And that's what I'm meaning by you have to literally have that clean slate. I mean, so truly. Those different traditions that we prided ourselves on, it was hard to be able to say, okay, well, what you mean? Like, this is this is what makes us. But in a, the sense of a new era, in a sense of um, progression and revolution, or evolution, rather, I mean, change is change. You know what I'm saying? You have to to be able to to come around and, and humble yourself to be able to get with the program. Because at the end of the day, you still, you just advance. And like, you're not, you're not the director. You still getting your scholarship money. If you want your scholarship money, you better sit your ass in and, and, and do and do what's expected of you. I mean, I don't really know uh, no other way of saying it than that. So, but again, that just really takes the difference between those who get it and those who just are horn holders or want to say like, no, like, I all I want to do is blow this up. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I don't care about having any sense of a uh, familiar aspect. I don't. I don't care about what it actually sounds like. I just want to go to Southern. I want to go to Jackson State, and I just want to play as loud as I can. And that's all I really care about. And that's a lot of that. that that's the mentality that a lot of people have. So, 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 what I was thinking about earlier is I think that this whole COVID situation has definitely escalated the ability or the inability to get where we need to go, right? Because the incoming class, the rookies or crabs or whomever, I don't think they really have it. They didn't really have an experience. So in terms of having slack hours or just uh, understanding the experience and what it means, it's this like they second crab year. 
technically. So when we talk about people who are like, okay, well, they're not really good or we don't really understand. And this is kind of getting away from the point, but it just jogged my memory that anyways, we can talk about that later. Never mind. Please come back. Maya, I got an interesting story about what you just brought up there. So when Mario, after Mario, can we just come back to it briefly? I got a very interesting story about it. Really well, well, uh, yeah, we're trying to get this timing, but we, all right, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, Chief, when will we stop accepting trash band behavior? Oh, sorry, uh, sorry. My son, my son was asking me a question. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. So, so, I got a, I got couple, a couple of, of hold on. I'm up. Can you hear me? Yeah, you good. Go. All right, for sure. So I actually changed my mind on a couple of things I was saying. I mean, I had my mind set on something and I kind of changed it. So first thing, when will we stop accepting ban, uh, trash ban behavior? Uh, never. Um, the reason why is because we're in a time where no one wants to be told that their opinion and their thought process on something is not valid. Everybody feels that they are, they are automatically, um, valid in some type of way of, of having any thought process that may be, you know, involved with band. So for somebody who says, all I want to hear is people just cranking up and blowing and whatever like that, that's, they were like, well, that's our culture. Y'all could do something else, but we don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I believe that this is the best way because this is what we used to. And just because y'all want to play the quote unquote white way, I don't want to do that. I want us to do this X, Y, and Z. This is the type of ish that people say. So I feel like that's the one part of it. The other part of it is to answer the actual question. Um, it wouldn't eradicate it, but it would definitely help. Um, we should we should definitely should lean towards having actual adjudicated competitions amongst HBCU bands because I think when you it won't take out the small details of game stuff because game stuff and chance and stuff like that is another issue. But when it comes to specifics of our craft, we need to figure out like okay, say. Say um we're a hundred years, two hundred years from now, and they found a tape or some tapes of HBCU bands, and somebody said they wanted to be able to get a snapshot into what we did and try to find out how to duplicate it in another generation. Um, it's so many different versions of what we are. We don't have any type of like particulars about what's the good, what's good about it, and what's bad. It's just like everything is, is accepted. And so you have some schools who, um, like we. If somebody loud, then I guess that's good. And if another band sounds good, but they're small, then I guess that's not good because they're not as loud. Like, we, we got to figure out what it is. Like, you, if it's going to be both of them, it's got to be both of them. And that's what I think. The only way you can stop some of the – when I say – when I think of trash behavior, too, I'm also thinking of, like, um, how we view band in general. Like, our viewpoints of band and what we consider to be good in terms of percussion, wins, and dance, or auxiliary in general – um, we need to have a little bit more criteria. And that comes with something I think Maya was talking about and Rick was like the idea that we have people who who are like voting our craft, but haven't actually experienced our craft. They don't even know. They just they're watchers of it. You know what I mean? It's like when ESPN makes a top 100 list or a top list of, of NBA players. Right. They make a top list of NBA players from non-NBA players. Like, you know, they be asking NBA players. You, you're you just making it up based on some people that watch the game. Now, you can do X and O's all day. But if I want to know the best person on the team, I'm going to talk to players. If I want or talk to coaches, I'm going to talk to people who are in it. And so we had that recently. That was something that came out everybody was talking about was the top 10 bands and who was on the list and what bands should have been there and all sort of stuff. It's not to 
like devalue the list. It's just to say, like, who are these people that are making the decisions that are then influencing people's perspective of how we look at the crap? So until we get some like hard lines in the sand of identifying what it is that we do and we're gonna say this is our thing, um, and just trying to get a cap on it a little bit doesn't mean that we have to stay in that box forever, but we need to have a box. And right now it's all over the place because we are valuing the worst type of musicianship and then calling that shit good. And that's ridiculous. So that's one part. The last little part I'll mention is like band chants and, and like certain cultural things that we do, hazing and all that type of stuff. Um, the reason why you won't get rid of that is because that goes back to the, the black culture. That's like part of our, part of our experience, part of our experience, not necessarily in a good way. Like every culture has something that they are not proud of. And that's something, a part of our culture that we, that like we, that quote unquote slave mentality, where we feel like if I got beat then you got to get beat. And if you don't get beat, then I can't show you love type shit. Like that type of stuff right there, that mentality, it goes through schools, bands, fraternities, sororities, um, households, parents, all of that. It's all a part of that. You know what I mean? And so bands won't stop until the schools require more until the provost steps up and says, we're not going to have these type of behaviors. And they put a hard line in the sand on band programs to do certain things. Because like Rick said about Norfolk, man, that that's ridiculous that people looked at us in a negative way. It would been the difference if you were saying Norfolk was the safe haven and y'all trash. Like y'all trash. See, it doesn't work. But you call us a safe haven, but the dude who you talking about came there and was actually a really successful drum major and, and was did great in the program and they came out and was in as a successful band director. What the hell are you talking about? So what exactly are we, you know, like what is the level? Oh, because you can't take 200 strokes from some random digger that can't play the horn. That's that's the level that we talking about. Stop it. So I'll leave it there. Mm. All right. Yeah. Hey. Anybody else? Any final thoughts, Rick? Just for the sake of keeping the conversation going, it's to answer the question you asked, when will we stop accepting it? That will happen when we lose one of these great band programs forever. Uh, we almost lost FAM forever. I think they probably learned their lesson, but I don't think other colleges did. So to answer your question, that's it. And Maya, I'll just be very quick. Maya, you have brought up swag hours. I had a conversation. Um, different bands um, styles approach band differently. And I just wonder, like I think about for most bands on the first week of school, how people treat freshmen. That's where it starts. I think we can address it from that first week. You don't, these freshmen are not our slaves. They're just new members, prospective members of our band that are going to make our band programs better, hopefully, if you did your recruitment job correctly. But for most bands, the first week of school is how can I make my freshmen feel like the lowest of low so they look at me as God rather than a member of the section. So I think when we lose one of these band programs because they do something stupid or Mario bought up fraternities, when one of these fraternities is goes away forever because they can't stop whipping people, that's when people when the uh, trash uh, behavior will stop. So that's all I got. I agree, and I think when I said that it was a little bit different. Like, well, to to wrap up the question in itself, I think once we start basing 
the who's who and the quote unquote criteria off of clout, then that's when we can start to begin the conversation of no getting ahead of the whole trash ban behavior. Now, when I was saying in terms of slack hours and then of itself, it was it's not more so of you know making freshmen or you know incomers feel like the lowest of the lower. At least that's not my way of seeing it. I wanted my my freshmen and my crafts to feel in order to 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 really get it to 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 call yourself a black fighter to, to be like okay like no I'm I'm storm for real. That means I've understand I've went through the highs and the lows. I can actually attest to the culture. I can attest to the history. I can attest to like what this means and the feeling behind it that it gives me. That's more so what I was saying. But no, I, I get what you're saying. All right. Cool. Well, let's keep it going. Welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have unfiltered, unscripted, and the uncomfortable conversation about music, education, HBCU band culture, band culture, and more. Please make sure that when you come in, that you smash that like button, all right? So everybody get those likes up. If you're watching right now, I don't care if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, go ahead and hit that like button. It don't take long, all right? Just click the like button. If you're enjoying the conversation, or even if you're not, just go ahead and click that like button, all right? Also, make sure you subscribe to the network. Uh, when you subscribe to the network, we're going to make sure that we update and upload a lot more content. We got a lot more stuff coming down the pipeline. I was just having a conversation with a good friend of mine uh on yesterday and there are some other things that i got on my brain so go ahead and uh subscribe to the network and turn on notifications all right want to see those likes go up get those likes up all right here we go next question so everybody has their own thought about the culture the band culture whatever that is whatever you subscribe to right and there's positives and there's negatives one thing that i'm i'm really big on when it comes to this channel, when it comes to uh, this this show, is that I'm always talking, I always want to talk, to, uh, talk about what we need to do to improve the culture. So the actual the next question on the floor is, what can we do to improve the culture? By your, your personal opinion, what can we do to improve the culture? I'll start with Maya. Huh, huh. Uh, okay this is hard because there's so many things that i could say i don't i don't know where to start i don't know if it starts with the middle school and the high schools i don't know if it starts with overcoming youtube university and all the people that think that they have a voice i don't know if it starts with band directors i don't know if it starts with old heads and bandsmen in general I think that in terms of all of those, those are all different stepping stones and they're all a part of the bigger conversation. All of those things have a very large weight on the overall improvement of the culture because it's like a, um, what do you call those those, those things that just kind of like, that they like this and they roll in the desert. It's like that, whatever, whatever that word is, I can't think of it right now. Um, but it's just an ongoing situation and it just makes it bigger and bigger and bigger. So if we're starting off even from middle school and high school and we're not getting those children acclimated to 
their talent, acclimated to what it means to to, to have heart, to really um, embody the overall thought and perspective of what it means to be in a band. Once they get to college, then, you know, that they, they're they going to come. Tumbleweed, yes, thank you. <laughs> tumbleweed, tumbleweed, yeah, okay. I was Googling it for you. I was like, Tumbleweed. Okay, <laughs> Um, and but then by the time we get to to, uh, to college itself, I think that it has a lot to do. Of course, it, it starts from the top down. But the people who like section leaders and those people who are really foot to the ground, really using the largest bit of investment for the largest quantity or, or parties, I think it has to do with that. Not being able to want to take no quote unquote bitch assness, like just really understanding, like no, this is what we're here for. I'm, I'm serious, like. Being able to, to say, like, no, this isn't right. We, if we Even if we need to call other practices, even if we need to stay in sectionals or whatever the case can be for a little bit longer, I'm not taking any mediocrity. And, Brown, you know when you would walk into my practices, like, if I have to, if we have to do the same eight count 50,000 times, we're going to do it. Because if my name is attached to it, when you have people who have pride, if your name is attached to something, then you wouldn't want to leave your house with it looking a mess. You don't want people coming to your house with it looking a mess. And that's the way that I feel until, well, maybe that's the answer itself. What can we do to improve the culture? We have to improve our pride and our confidence in our programs in itself or in our talent in itself. It starts with that. And then that personality, that um, that mood, that pride, it becomes infectious. And then that is maybe how, how we start start the conversation. Maybe it's just as simple as that. All right. More later. Rick, <laughs> what can we do to improve the culture? I think it's we must first start by asking what part of the culture are we trying to improve? Are we trying to improve musically? If we're trying to improve the image of HBCU band, uh, I can approach it from a different standpoint. Musically, we're not going to grow if there's no reason to grow. Um, I think that a lot of the issues that we face as HBCU bands is that we would rather hate each other than cooperate with each other. When you come into a band program, it's all about the, man, I'm doing this because I want to smash whoever the other band is. But there's without that 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 um, emphasis on cooperation and actually learning from one another, it's kind of hard to improve when you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And then what happens is the students that go to these universities graduate and become the band directors at these high schools and middle schools and start this culture thing, like Maya was saying, from an early age. So you have this system that's going over and over and over again because these people are learning the same thing from the same institution and then imparting that onto people's children. Uh, back in the day when they were beating people to be in band, it, it baffles me because I used to hear people say this all the time. I want my son to go through what I went through or my daughter to go through what I went through. My fraternity brothers would say this all the time. I want my son and daughter to go through what I went through. I tell people all the time, when I have kids, I don't want them to do what I had to do to join my fraternity. I don't. That it's a it's 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 a thing that I I I despise. 
Um, you could tell somebody every lie in the world you want about what you know, it builds brotherhood, it builds camaraderie. No, it doesn't. It builds a slave mentality that perpetuates itself over and over. And then all you do is just put that on other people that come behind you. So from a cultural standpoint, as as African-Americans, I think we just need to be more cooperative with one another instead of just being in competition, trying to up one another on every single thing. Um, from a uh, from a direction of the program and, you know, all that type of stuff, man, I think that it starts with the director. If you have a director that has vision and is actually qualified and good at their job, because I think that's a lot of things, man. I This is not meant to ruffle any feathers, but the fact of the matter is we have a lot of unqualified people running band programs, running dance lines, running percussion sections, running all these things. Just because you like drums don't mean you should be teaching the drum line. If you can't write music and make your drum line read music, you don't need to be in front of that drum line. You have to set high lofty goals and standards for your program and require that your students achieve those lofty goals, but they have to be achievable goals. So I think it just it's all about the way you look at culture and what aspects of the culture that we're trying to improve. But I think first and foremost, it starts with the person that's in front of the ensemble, leading the ensemble. If you have somebody with vision and with some common sense, you'd be surprised. And I'll just give one example before I stop talking. And I'm going to use my frat brother from Hampton, Thomas. When he got to Hampton, I think the year before Hampton may have had 20 people in the band. Hampton's band was completely going the wrong direction after Mr. Smart died and after his son left. Thomas got there, his alma mater. He took that program. Not only is he rebuilt, every time I turn around, he had something on social media about what he was doing with that program. Now Hampton is in the conversation. The two years he was there, three years he was there, he went from a 20-piece program to being at Honda. That's vision. That's leadership. That's a great man director. And if he's able to get his numbers up, hey, he's going to be able to do something. And he's making creative shows. He's doing creative things. To me, that is the epitome of what a great man director is. Someone with vision and goals. So I'll shut up. All right. Chief, what can we do to improve the culture? Oh, man. I was, I was back and forth on the idea of how to even respond to this. I and I couldn't really come up with anything besides something that Rick was saying. Like you need a visionary. I think some of the things from our culture in the history, we think about um, you know how we had the whole sign, uh the whole saying, make America great again. If we're talking about when black people were the strongest, it was when we had visionaries in our culture. All right. We had people who actually were leading. Um, our America was never great, but black people were a little bit more close because the, the situation called for it. The negative aspects of the world were calling for us to be closer because there's options and availability to so many different resources and out um, avenues for options in every in every every source of, that you can imagine. It puts us in a place where people kind of going back to something I said earlier, we all kind of feel like nobody can tell somebody what's not good and what's not bad anymore. 
So you can't really improve anything when there is no standard and you need a visionary to be able to help create a new standard. There's no standards. So you need people to be on the front lines of, 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 of promoting um, musical standards, um, cultural standards, whatever. But then that gets to almost like a, a morality thing. And how do you, in an era where, where nobody really gives a shit about morality, how do you get to, how do you start to put a, put a, a, a bow around morality and tell and feed it to people and say, this is what we're going to do. That's really, that's, that's really difficult. And so that's the reason why I was, I brought that up. I knew make America great again, whatever, get everybody attention. <laughs> uh, so the reason for mentioning that is just because I, I mean, you think about MLK, you think about um, Malcolm X, you think about, uh, Huey knew you think about anybody who was important to the culture for different reasons. They all have people who didn't like them. You know what I mean? They all have people who were against what they were trying to do. We all love people when they die. You know what I'm saying? And we have a, we have a thing right now. And I think this goes to something Rick was talking about. We also have to get to a place where we are supportive of our, our stars of our culture, people who are really strong in what they do and, and, and allowing those people to to get their flowers while they can still smell them, you know what I mean? Instead of waiting till people, you know, are, are close to death and then saying something about how good they are or, or how they, how they were or whatever, um, there are people doing great things in a lot and some programs, and then other people not, and and they're just allowed to continue to go forward. And you can't can you can't improve a culture until you have people, especially if you're talking about just HBCU bands, you can't really improve a culture until you have schools that have visions too. Schools that have a vision for what they want and then wanting to put somebody else in a position to have a vision. So, like, for example, I'm a high school band director. So as a high school band director, um, I can have all the vision I want. But if the principal doesn't see my vision or want to support my vision, it doesn't matter what I want. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what I want because I'm just going to be fighting against, like, you know what I mean, something the whole time. So it's really important to make sure schools have an idea and then directors match what the, they can find somebody who matches the uh, the ideals of what the institution is about and what they want their program to be built upon. Um, but that's going to be very difficult because a lot of times a lot of these schools are, are missing out on great candidates because they only want somebody with a doctorate when clearly that does not determine whether or not you're good or not. Clearly it does not. So it does show that you have studied a certain amount, but it doesn't mean that this person would adopt because we know people with doctorates and programs that are trash. So, eh, you know, and people with masters that have good programs. So, uh, so like, I mean, we don't want to act like this degree makes you the great band director. It's communication. It's 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 uh, a skills to make sure people can want to follow you. People need to want to follow somebody, and you can't prove a culture to people want to follow and get behind and and advocate and, and believe in somebody. We have to believe in something, and we don't really have it. We just but everybody's kind of flying solo. That's the culture of America, though, in general. We all flying solo. We doing what we want to do. And you can't, can't say, say that. that. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, a couple of things. First thing, if you're watching on Facebook, um, there because I see there's a lot of people who are commenting, uh, but a lot of people are commenting on my personal Facebook page, so they're not coming through on the show. So if you can go over to the um, Talk That Talk Facebook page, you can continue to watch over there but at least when you comment, the comments will actually come through uh, on the show. And that's kind of what what I'm not seeing. So I have to keep moving back and forth on both pages to see the comments. So Bailey, I see you in here. Shuni, I see you in here. Uh, but like I said, the comments just aren't aren't coming through on 
uh, the show. So just go over to the Talk That Talk Facebook page and then watch the show from there. And then uh, you'll be able to get your comments through. Uh, one of the other things that uh, I did want to say, too, for everybody who's um, watching right now, um, as far as improving the culture, because this is one of the things that I just I just thought about. Um, and I honestly don't really give my opinions too much on here because I'm like I just said, I'll be going, going back and forth. But it just popped in my brain. One of the things that I want to think I think about when I think about proving improving the culture is things like this, what we're doing right now. Right. Like having real, true conversations. One thing that and 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 I, I will tell this to anybody who's watching. Rick knows this. Uh, Mario knows this. Maya knows this because I've 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 spread my vision with them, uh, you know, off top. This ain't going to be a trash talk session. We're going to come in here and we're going to have the real conversations, because the reality is, is that a lot of the, the reason why a lot of the culture is trash right now is because the only thing that we subscribe to is negative bullshit. Right. We get into our Facebook groups and then we talk a bunch of bullshit and then we put up a bunch of videos of band programs and we talk shit about them and then we talk shit about each other and then we walk going about our business. But we're not willing to have the real conversations. Right. Because when we have conversations like this, I'll throw them up in the Facebook group, but don't nobody want to talk about it. And nobody wants to come in because why we ain't sitting up here talking shit. Right. I'm not, we're not going to do that. Right. So that's one of the things that I think that, um, can improve the culture is that we actually start really having real conversations. If you trash on your horn and, 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 and let me put it this way. If you were a, a got daggone flute player and <laughs> the marching band, but you got the most shit to say, Come on, bro. If you play, if you were a jobber ass nigga on your horn, I'm sorry, I had to say it like that. <laughs> hey, look, I'm just gonna be real, cause you, cause we already know, dog. In this, and what we do, and what we do, especially in HBCU band culture, and what we do, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to say it. Unfortunately, a lot of the woodwinds don't get a lot of the love, but yet a lot of them got the most to say. You know what I'm saying? And that's not. That's really not to take nothing away from them. But if you were a jobber person on your horn, but you would be the one who talking the most trash, come on, dog. Come on. If you ain't never, ever, ever set foot on a field, but you got the most to say, that's the problem. But, I, but I, think, I think... Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, let me just finish right quick, and I'll let you come in. And I think that, that some of those things, solving some of those issues can improve the culture. Let's just really have the conversation instead of just talking shit about everybody. Go ahead, Rick. No, what I was going to say, bro, I think that the reason why that's the case, and Kunta, shout out to Kunta. Kunta's in here. He just asked a question about uh, social media and does it affect? Yeah, because everybody becomes an internet gangster online when you don't have to look people in the face. Um, you know, and, and actually, you know, defend what you're saying. You can actually be an internet gangster and then go home and hide in the, you know, in the, in the dark like don't, most of these people normally do. But I think the biggest part for what you were just saying, Luke, is this, man. People are so ignorant to the greatness that has come out of these HBCUs. Like, if they actually knew the amount of talent that came out of these HBCUs that are still even doing it today, I think it would improve the culture just from the sense of, I want to follow in the footsteps of an Alfred Watkins, who is a FAMU grad, of a Frank Williams, who's a multi-DCI uh, winning brass caption here, who was my idol and still is. I call him all. I talked to him yesterday, uh, who was a FAMU grad. 
you know, um, all these people that come from these universities that people don't know, but they idolize the person, you know, that's not doing anything, but this stuff that you were just talking about, man. So I think if there was a better education for people when it comes to knowing who these people are, a brand from Marsalis, you know, everybody knows Wynton Marsalis, but his brother was just dressed as great on the instrument who went to Southern University, you know, or uh, Alvin Batiste who went to uh, Southern University or, you know, all these people, man. So I think, you know, as we as we talk about these these subjects, we also have to realize the historical aspect and how important that is in educating the people that come to our institution of the greatness that came out of HBCUs and knowing that they can be great again, like me and Mario saying with the right visionary. So, so okay. I, I feel you. So I think that the, all great points to add, I think reeling it back to more of a current thing, a, a 2021 thing. So dating back to 2012, right? When y'all came, the whole transition, I think a large part of improving the culture is starting from the inside out. We can't expect for the haysayers, naysayers, YouTube universities, this, that, and the third, we can't expect for them to have a, a, a large component of helping to progress the culture forward. But I do think that it was not until the people with the most shit to say, until they felt validated in their opinions and their feelings, it wasn't until that point that stuff started to change. It wasn't until that point that things got easier and that the band as a whole was able to turn off the, vi the, the voices in their own head and be able to listen to the vision that was being placed upon their ears or our ears rather. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. When we're talking about section leaders or when we're talking about just, just bandsmen in general to be able to say like, hey, like, prof, like, I, I don't, I don't get, I don't like this. I feel this way. Um, this is shit to me or whatever the case may be until we can have that open conversation and then prof or doc or whomever be like, okay, like, hey, I feel you, but this is A and this is B. It wasn't until we had those conversations that then it was like, okay, I get, okay, that makes sense. And then back this way, okay, that makes sense. Let's, let's figure out, not necessarily a compromise, but now I see you on a personable level as opposed to just, sorry, yes, sir, let me pay up, you know what I'm saying? So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. And going back to Townview, there was a line in our creed, you see our pride as we pass by, right? So until that pride is reinstated within the program itself, that that pride itself makes it infectious. That makes people want to be a part of that. But but also, if you're saying like, hey, you can get in this if you gonna be doing that shit. We don't do that over here. So until these programs are able to relish that same pride and that 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 same, um, I can't think of the word. But until it be, um, becomes infectious again, we're gonna continue that 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 cyclical type of of bullshit. I, mean, I don't really know what else to say. I mean, that's how I see it as well. All right, that that I think we we did a good job on that topic. All right, so let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome everybody to talk that talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, and definitely the uncomfortable conversation about music, music education, band culture, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure when you come in that you subscribe to the network. Subscribe to the network. Subscribe to Passion Is. Also, please make sure that you smash that like button. 
smash that like button. All right. I want to see some more likes go up. So let's get some more of these likes to go up. Also, uh, I know I made the announcement earlier. If you're watching Talk That Talk on that personal on my personal page, go over to the Talk That Talk Facebook page and watch it on there. So some of your comments can come through. Uh, I, I I, I'm really enjoying seeing my drum major, my my drum my drum major from my freshman year in high school, Chris Murray. Uh, so I, I see him in there, but he's on he's not on uh, the comments in here. So glad to see everybody uh, coming in. One one of the things I want to make sure you guys do, man, if you're really enjoying the content, please share the content as well. All right, don't just keep it to yourself, man. Share it out. Let people see it. Let people on your page see it. Let let your friends see it because these are the real conversations and the uncomfortable conversations that we need to have. All right, here we go. Next topic. We always talk about improving the culture. We always talk about what we need to do as far as, um, well, let me let me backtrack. As I said before, I'm a drill person. I really enjoy watching drill. And we always talk about those things as far as what needs to improve because we always think about it and we talk about the stand aspect, right? But, and when we talk about improving, what level should we improve on? At what, and I'm, I'm only speaking about field shows. So what should we look to as an improvement, right? And so one thing popped in my head when I thought about this, and here is the question. Is DCI a good model to follow for change in HBCU marching band culture? Is DCI a good model to follow for change in HBCU marching band? Uh, I'm going to let Rick rest for right now. Uh, Chief, what you got? I knew he was going to call me first for this one, man. Uh, yes and no. Um, man, that's a tough one. So, I mean, honestly, for me, I look at what some of the Big Ten bands are doing as more of a model of change in our culture because we do high step and it, it's not core. And so core um, eight to five is different than like linear drills. It's like it's a different style of, you know, how you actually on the field, but you can still you can still write in a way that allows you to do some of the same shapes and um, things using um, those, the same concepts. So um, I would say, oh man, we are, I think some bands have already kind of done it a little bit. You got your aunties and Hamptons and stuff like that. You'll see some of the things in that culture as far as um, the, the steam shows and things of that sort. Um, you don't see the prop situation, which I think is um, a whole nother aspect but um which I, I would love to see that to be honest that part yes when it comes to color guard yes absolutely yes i would love to see more actual effective color guard um i'm not gonna shade nobody so i ain't gonna talk about color guard but i'm just gonna say i would prefer to see some things that are a little bit more creative when it comes to flags and just general color guard and creativity in that aspect but as far as the change uh it's a good model for how to be powerful and small and sound good. That's a good thing there. But um, I don't know if I would say that that's, that would be a perfect model for us because we have other aspects of what we do. That's also um, big in our culture. So musically, yes. Color guard. Yes. The entertainment factor and the other aspects that we do like the dancing and some of the 
other intricacies of, of our band culture, I think um, that's just, that's going to be up to us to change because it's created through us. So it's got to be updated through us. Um, but the drill part doesn't come from us. Um, so I think that some of the ideas that I've, I've seen in drill from different schools and different um, conferences uh, could be a great, great model to, to improve. And DCI could be a great model to um, look through as it as far as the lens through how to properly play the instrument with power and sound and and intonation, you know, all those things uh, without sacrificing tone and uh, without sacrificing, obviously, the intonation. So, yeah, in that. Yes and no. Like I said, so I know it's kind of it's kind of a tough question for me, but yeah, yes and no. All right. Maya, is DCI a good model to follow for change in HBCU marching band culture? Child, y'all just want me to be the bad person on this show. I mean, okay, let me first ask what change? Like, in what regard are we talking about? Is, is there a specific? Just for, for for this question, just talking about drill, drill concepts, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So anything that sur su that surrounds drill. Okay. okay. Um okay, so so I can see I can see it. Yeah. Okay, yes. And I say that because I can only go based off of my own experience, of course. Like when Y'all started, you know, y'all and Doc started implementing the drill sheets, giving them the section leaders to where, okay, well, I can see what's going on instead of us just saying, okay, everybody get on the field. You go here, you go here, you go you go here. Sure. And I assume that that came from the core style or, or and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that that's my assumption. So in terms of creating the drills, being able to see it, um in a tangible fashion as well as being able to see it on the computer before we actually put our bodies on the field and, and recreate it ourselves yes i think that that was helpful in terms of cutting down time and things of that nature now if we're talking about drill and drill specifically if you want to add in the 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 topic of auxiliary yes and no one because i i think right now it's so out of the norm i think the new addition to the conversation if we were to kind of go heavy on auxiliary in terms of hbcus or the slack or whomever it's going to be like oh, okay y'all just trying to be like NCAT now i if, if we're just being honest that's going to be the topic of conversation um because they have been doing such and they have acclimated themselves to that type of um look or or or, or being inclusive in their field shows and in that regard um is it necessary i mean i think that it, it could be a good uh, an interesting component but i mean that's a hard one because when i think about culture or the hbcu culture in itself or tradition it doesn't necessarily align now what does align mean if we're talking about being open to revolutionize the thought process of what the meaning of a good hbcu band is that's a whole that's like part b c and d of this conversation so, child, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. I'm at a loss for words with this one. Help, help. <laughs> All right, Rick. Well, give her, give her your lifeline, bro, because I, I know you've been kind of, kind of over there waiting. 
I saved you for last, bro. I did that on purpose. All right, go ahead, Rick. <laughs> Is DCI a good model to follow for change in HBCU marching band culture? So, so many people are now just really in the HBCU community, really being identifying what drum corps is and actually starting to watch and stuff like that. Like we, we used to take all the band uh, during uh, freshman camp to go see the drum corps show and stuff like that. And we thought it was a great experience. It was something different. And all our students got a chance to really see what that world looks like. But I, I, I really wish that HBCU uh, participants and alumni would really realize how much DCI is borrowing from what we do. It's been happening for a long time now from, you know, show designs to adding the dancing and the hip hop factors into it, making drill shapes that look like people on the field, um, borrowing from the music that we play. Um, I taught a class at Prairie View uh, for the students that were going on to be band directors. And part of this class I used as an opportunity to expose them to core style marching because not only does it, it's just important to know what it is, but it opens you up to a couple of jobs that you may not have thought you were qualified for in the past or prior to that. So I did a presentation where I I started with drum corps from the 70s and I started with uh, some videos of band, uh, HBCU bands from the 70s. They look exactly the same. They look literally exactly the same. You guys can do this on your own. Go watch some old drum corps from the 70s. Go watch some 76 Blue Devils, which is awesome, by the way. Um, but go watch some 76 Blue Devils and then go watch some 70 Southern or Jackson. They literally look exactly the same. Then you get into the 80s and drum corps started to go in a different direction. And we stayed the same doing the same old drill, same old step two, all that stuff. Then you get into the 90s where drum corps started doing presentations, like full-blown uh, presentations with themes and all that stuff, and we stayed the same. To what Mario was saying now, where you have props, you have electronics, you have all these things. Drum corps looks like Broadway now. You know, it's more of a Broadway presentation or, you know, overall experience than it is a marching band show. So to answer your question, is a DCI a good model? No, it's not. And it's not a good model because we need to establish our own path our own way. We can't look like it's, it's always astounding to me when you, you have a group of African-American people that are there. They don't trust government. They don't trust this. They don't trust whites. They don't trust whatever that may be. But then the first thing we do when it's time to grow and move our own culture forward is we look to another culture for the answer to our questions. No, we need to put the smartest people in our community, the Marios, the Julians, together with the legends and these people. We need to chart our own path of what this is going to be. And like Maya said, I think Maya, the, the clearest thing you said to me was the fact where you were like, you know, some people... You know, you you can set this path, and some people you're gonna have to leave some people behind. Like when you give a when you give something like culturally, like if something is set, then it is what it is, whether that's the blue devils or whether that's Prairie View. You know, I think that all these bands and stuff have cultural cultural things and and uh models that are that are 
effective for those people. People went to those schools for a reason. You know, my you went to be a black fox for a reason. Might have been the money, might have been, you know, you whatever reason, you know, you went to PV. We know it wasn't the money now. We know that for sure. <laughs> that ain't where the money, money. money. Right. It's not where the money resides. <laughs> so is DCI the model? No. DCI, y'all, has a lot of issues that they're going to have to handle themselves. Trust me, I know. Because it ain't many people that look like us in the activity. And in particular, in positions of leadership. That's something that I'm working on with them right now. You know, they have problems just like we do. I think where people put them on a pedestal is because quality is quality. You know, playing a B-flat in tune is the That's same at, at, at Blue Devils that right. it is at, at Norfolk State. Right. right. It's just at DCI, they value that. It, the first note, we will literally do this a million times until that first concert F is together and perfectly in tune. Absolutely. Whereas, you know, that's not always the standard at some other places. But the last thing I'll say is this. For those people that aren't really exposed to DCI, DCI is an audition-based group. So when you see these people in these groups, these aren't those third trumpet players in your band that you see. Most of those people on the field, whether they play first, second, or third, play first on their parts when they go home. All right, these are the best of the best. When you look at the Blue Devils, you're looking at the best of the best from the best bands all across the country, the Blue Coats with us. we These kids come there from North Texas, from UT, you know, from Indiana. We get students from all over the country. Our drum major, Nick, um, was at uh, University of Michigan. You know, our drum major, David, was drum major. He's from CNU. We're getting the best of the best to come here. So to try to compare our bands to that, if we could get a drum corps circuit for um, for HBCU style and we could get the best from Southern and Jackson and Norfolk to all be in one group and we actually taught them with some sense instead of them just coming together to blow their face off, they could we could do something special. Blow that off. Right. <laughs> so I think there's so many aspects of that question, but to answer your question, no, DC not, DCI should not be our model. Because they need to fix their stuff too, and we need to chart our own path and what our own legacy is going to be moving forward. All right, word, word. All right, with that being said, let's do it the right way. Welcome everybody to Talk That Talk, where we have the unscripted, unfiltered, uncomfortable conversation about music, music education, HBCU band culture, band culture in general, and more. Please make sure that when you come in, you subscribe to the network, all right? So when you subscribe, we have a YouTube page where all of this stuff is going to be up. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to the network right now. If you're watching on Facebook, go ahead and also go over to the YouTube page and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, click that like button. Just go ahead and click that like button. We got to get these likes up. I'm looking at some numbers go up, and I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing, but we got to get some more likes up. So go ahead and click that like button while you're watching. Uh, if you're enjoying the content, click that like button. If you're not enjoying the content, click that like button. And also when you go to the YouTube page, turn on those notifications. So that way, every time that we update, we add something, you will be notified when we add it. All right, here we go. Last topic of the night. This is the one, this is the one that, uh, I really had to think about for a long, long time. All right. Hold up. Dang it. I, I know I put it in here, but as, 
Captain. I don't even. What did he? I don't even know. What? What? I said you ready? ready? No. No. (laughs) All right, here we go. So we had this conversation before, um, and I kind of wanted to bring it up and, and get a little bit more in depth about it. So here we go. Dance lines and males. What are your thoughts? Dance lines and males. What are your thoughts? Uh, I don't want to go with Maya first because that's just going to be <laughs> that's going to be what what everybody expects. Uh. I'm sorry, Rick. You got it first. <laughs> the y'all gonna hit me with the Smiths, huh? That's what complete Smith. <laughs> Smitty uh, Mick Smith, sir. <laughs> bro, you want my honest opinion? It's inevitable. It's inevitable, man. I think that there have been a couple of challenges at a couple of schools where these these gentlemen are auditioning for dance line. Um, I think. Uh, this conversation needs to start here. How behind and how homophobic as African American culture can be. You know, I'm not necessarily saying that every man that tries out for a dance line is is homosexual or whatever that may be. But from our conversations about sexuality to the way we treat uh, people, especially at the HBCU level, I've learned so much working here at UConn about, about this topic. Uh, it, it really forms my opinion that it's just inevitable. At some point, there's going to be a man that is it's great enough to be in one of these dance lines. Um, the two gentlemen auditioned for the Black Foxes while I was a director at PV, uh, and neither one of them had the dancing skills needed to be able to make the line, but that's the reason why it was not, because they were gentlemen. Uh, one of them was um, one of them was still um, uh, was a man, and uh, one was a trans uh, trans woman. So I think that drug, uh, HBCU culture in general, and just as Black people, we're going to have to educate ourselves and be more open minded when it comes to this topic, because it is enough. It is going to happen. You saw it with those um, all star bands this summer, and it's going to happen. Now, I think that there should be a standard for it. I think that if a gentleman's going to try out for these lines, it needs to be understood that the uniform is what the uniform is. I'm sure some of these uh, directors of these lines will make accommodations for these gentlemen or, you know, these ladies, depending on what their uh, gender identity is. But... um, we're going to have to get past this whole thing about our fear of homosexuality. Like people are just going to have to get over it. The fact of the matter is gay people have always existed. They are going to exist. They have been prevalent in the arts. All right. You want to talk about James Baldwin? You want to talk about my friend, brother Langston Hughes. You want to talk about, you know, a number of other people. They have always been there. They will always be there. And the same way, that the the country is addressing this topic 
it is going to hit these HBCU bands and people just going to have to get the hell over it. Um, me personally, I don't, you know, I don't think that is as big a deal as people make it out to be. But I also understand that tradition can be a big thing. Shoot, I've seen in Norfolk State, you know, the Silkettes rebel because they didn't want to change, you know, um, the uniform or the way that they spin the flag. You know, a shout out to Chanel and uh, Porsche, by the way. I saw them this past week at home and they watched the show. So shout out to you ladies. But, you know, that can be a challenge. Or the Dizzies, you know, getting a regular trumpet instead of a Dizzy. Like, our as African-Americans, we are we are slow to adopt to change. So I think that's that's what's driving this conversation. But I think it's inevitable. So. All right. Chief. Dance lines and males. What are your thoughts? Um, if you can dance, you could dance. I guess I just look at it like that. I mean, if you're good enough, you should be able to get on the field. Um, but the problem that we're going to have in that is that you, you're looking through biased eyes sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like the eyes are biased. You, you're not judging. Like if it was the same, if you put, if it was a young lady, a shapely young lady, and a, and a guy, and they both dance equally as well, you're probably going to lean towards, or one was a little bit better than the other. You know what I mean? You would lean towards um, the young lady because of tradition and because of, um, like Rick said, we are hard to, to um, you know, to accept certain things. Um, the sexualization of dance auxiliary lines in general has also been an issue. Um, you, they, this, being able to be sexy as a young girl dancing in the band and stuff like that doesn't mean you need to be like some of the guys I've seen just did oh do they overdo it. This is like they OD the like the stuff that they're saying, the implications that they give. And it's like it's it can be can imagine it could be almost frightening for young ladies sometimes in those environments. Um and um we don't like to accept it as black culture sometimes, but it's like, yeah, it's like if you got a whole crowd at a Jackson State game, you you know, you know, J sets or at a Southern game, it's a bunch like probably probably thirty percent or more of these people in this crowd are probably homosexual or you know, like it's like it's just a part of life. And I mean, like we can't like like Rick was talking about, we just can't run from it just because it makes you uncomfortable. It's just it is what it is, you know. Like you 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 don't use HBCU bands as as your your own personal. <laughs> Like, uh, whatever, you know what I mean? I don't even know what the word is that I want to use for that, but like, that's not what that's for. This is a, a platform for students to showcase their spirit and excitement for their school and their programs, period. And if you're not focused on that, you're focused on other things. Anything else that you're focused on is shouldn't be the focus. You know what I mean? So have pride in your program. Um, focus on that. Dance well perform well and that is what it is i am only worried though i'm being honest about this i am worried that it could become honeybee-ish so whereas like exploitation type vibes you know what i mean where it's like we'll get the guys and they'll have a, they'll come out and do a separate dance and stuff like that and like it'll be a whole bunch of like death drops and all that stuff and it'll be like that's not even what are we doing like you know what i mean that type of thing so it's not taken serious you know what i mean so I am saying that if you are good enough to dance, dance. I don't care what all the other things are. Long as you are going to also be in a position that where you 
can fit the the image base of what they are talking about. So like you still need to look a certain way. I mean, like you still have physically, you know, uh, fit and stuff like that. The basic things and you want to be able to dance now. Um, if somebody is really, really heavy and they could dance just as well as everybody else, and I guess they dancing too. But um, we have people, you don't have, um, you can play on the trumpet line, you can be all type of fat. You know what I'm saying? You can be all type of gay. You can be all type of whatever. You know what I'm saying? And it's not going to make a difference because you're playing trumpet. You know what I mean? We can accept horn players and other members of the band of every sexuality, of every other type of like um background but we have such a hard line in the sand when it comes to dances because we have over sexualized it and people and a lot of and i some that sometimes i don't want to and this may be ruffling feathers but that's that issue that black men have with the idea of homosexuality in general like um just really having difficult time accepting you know um anything that's different from what they you know are comfortable with and um, that's a whole nother conversation. So until that conversation is had, you're going to have all those good old boy band directors and stuff like that, that that's just not going to let it happen because they have this whole mindset of something being a certain way. Well, I think we lost Julian. So my, I'll throw it to you. I'll moderate yeah. his back. So uh, I think it's a loaded question, Maya, but what do you think? Um, It's definitely a loaded question, but there's so many as with all of my answers, there's so many different pieces to it, right? So we ask, is it inevitable? Yes. Is it already here and upon us? Yes. I say that because if we think about, or if we look at even the NFL and the NBA, there are, um, I believe it was two years ago, either two or three years ago, I believe it was wasn't it wasn't Detroit it was I can't think of it I can't think of which team it was but they already have introduced male dancers to their dance lines or what they consider cheerleaders. it was Atlanta the Atlanta Falcons I think it was was mm, they weren't the first Atlanta just did it this year this is their yeah. first year but two years there I want to say it's blue and gold whoever's blue and gold the Rams possibly yes yeah. yes um so this was the NFL or NBA? The NFL. And so this year, um, looking at a couple of NBA teams, I believe Golden State Warriors, um, I believe they have some mills on their, their line this year. Atlanta Falcons, they do as well. I'm not sure if, the, if Detroit Lions, if they do or not. I'm not sure. But I'm saying in terms of that overall aspect of men being a part of dance lines, or whatever the case may be, yes, it's going to happen. Now, 2018. Hmm? Sorry, Maya. It was 2018 with okay. the Rams. Yep, the Rams. Okay. So yeah, 28. I wasn't sure if it was 2019 or 2018. Okay, so so great. Um, I, I the way that it's going to be. When I say attacked, I don't mean attacked in a uh, a bad way. I'm saying attacked in terms of how it's going to be implemented and done. I'm not sure what that looks like because you do have to beat the thought of homophobic activity. You do have to, to go with, okay, you, you have your alumni, you have your band directors or whomever who absolutely may be totally against it. So how, who, who is going to take the first step and be able to say like, no, we're okay with doing this. It was bad enough when we introduced males as auxiliary coaches and sponsors. 
that was a hump to get over in itself. But if we look at the lineage and the history, Jackson State, they've had male twirlers in the past, male baton twirlers. So is that the same? Is it, if it was acceptable in that manner, why would, why can't it be acceptable if you're just taking it a little, a little bit step forward? It's still auxiliary, it's still talent. Again, I'm not sure. Yes, it's going to happen, but my my other thought of it is it's possibly going to pose a safety issue. That's where, where my mind immediately goes. Because when we think about the sexualization of dancers, period, auxiliary, period, we just got to the, the idea of where it's more people are able to appreciate the talent and the artistry behind it and not less just, oh, I need something to look at. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, like the sexualization of it, for lack of better words. Um, But in terms of a safety issue, being a dancer, being out front is hard enough. It's crazy enough. We've talked about it in the past. People yelling, screaming, this, that, and the third. Not having adequate security um, right around the girls or being, you know, like, can somebody walk up on you in your personal life or when you're out in the band? Now, when you add on the, the thought of homophobia, and the way which transgendered um, gay persons and people who identify differently than heterosexually, I'm not sure where that's going to lead to. Because there, there is, unfortunately, there is a large possibility that if we are to implement these, you know, men or whomever into the dance lines, like who's to say that their livelihood is not at stake? And that's a, that's a big thing for me. That's something that I can't help but to think about. There's still students at the end of the day, too. So you right. like, you know, keep it protected, man. Exactly. Right. So that adds on a, an additional layer. I, I don't know. And then also, my, one of my thoughts was, you know, if it's just, it's okay to say there's no women in the band, right? We've, we've heard, uh, I think that we're getting away from that notion, but how do we grow up? There's no women in the band, unless you're a dancer or auxiliary or whatever, right? So is it wrong to say there's no men who are transgendered or whomever, however you identify sexually um, or your gender identification? Can you say that with dance lines? I don't think so. But I mean, that's just, it's just another piece of the puzzle. What? So, I mean, I don't know. Those are my thoughts. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of who's going to be the first person or first band to quote unquote, whether it's get with the times or be willingness to change the game up in that way. I have thoughts of who it could potentially be. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's a next year type of thing. I don't know if it's happening within the next five years, next 10 years. Not sure. And I definitely don't know what it looks like. Now, I did see a comment, Camille, she said something about the outfits itself. That's going to be a thing as well. And we saw with the um, the summer bands. Is it going to be strictly leotards? Is it going to be a leotard with the leg out on the side? Is it going to be some type of customization? When you think about dancing in a studio, men are accepted there. When you talk about ballets and theaters and companies and things of the like, it's normal. So, and, and all of the, the, the necessary um, adaptations and customizations are made with no problem. It's, it's like water off your back. So, um, well, I just said it's going to be interesting if and when, huh? You said how what? 
Oh no, I was just gonna. I, I thought you were uh, through, <laughs> but no, I was gonna put another thought out there. So like when I was young, coming up in high school, one of the things that was always told to me, and I know you kind of already addressed it, but I just kind of want to put it back out there. So one of the things that I was always told, well, before I even say that, I I I want to say that a lot of people aren't thinking about it in a homophobic way. And the reason why I say that is because of what I was taught, which was the dance line was just the eye candy of the band. Mm-hmm. Right. So in that regard, you know, I think when we look at it from that aspect, I just think a lot of people are just like, you know, I don't want to see a guy, you know, I don't think that's necessarily quote unquote homophobic. I just think that when it comes to preference, if you're told that that's the eye candy of the band, you know, I think a lot of people are just in that, in that, you know, personal space. I, I'd ask, I'd ask Julian, um, are we just catering to cisgender males though? Sure. You know exactly. what I mean? Because I think that's, exactly. that's a part of like normal media society influence is that everything is commonly suited to us. You know what I mean? Like even the way, even the way that, like how how hard some some people fight, just to identify someone the way they choose to be identified. Like I'm sorry, I don't know many HBCUs that actually have on the membership application what's the gender uh, identification you prefer. I know it wasn't on the ones when I was at PV. I'm sure it might be there now, but there are a number of students in your band that may not even be gay, but they want to be known as they them. But because you don't give them that space, you are that is a microaggression. Like these are conversations that aren't happening right. at HBCUs. And I think that this question, Julian, is is a is a small part of a conversation that is not being had at the HBCU level. We're not talking about gender identity. We're not talking about making sure that every student feels represented both in the band but also in their accountable space. But they feel like they can be them. We had a bunch. We had we had trans members of the PV band. There are a number of gay members of the PV band, and we made sure we made those people feel just as accepted and belonging to that band as any other. But this is definitely a very taboo conversation that's not being had, and because of the lack of education on the topic, even something as simple as saying, "I just want to see eye candy," and I'm not saying this to you, Julie, just in general. I want to see eye candy. Oh, you ain't it, you yeah, can comes off as a homophobic, homophobic uh, comment. Like that might not be your eye candy, but it might but be it's somebody else's. I mean, well, right. but that's why I brought it up because there, there, there could be the other thought that way, right? There, there could be somebody in the audience who's like, "I don't want to see these chicks. I want to see you know my homeboy out there." Like, I don't know. I'm just saying. There could be another another thought process on the other end, so that's why I brought it up. I think I think some of this also is I don't think it's a with the with black males that I've talked I've spoken to in detail about this man because um, we you know obviously as a teacher man we're as a band director you're getting so many different things that you experience on a day every year is different there's a new thing that you gotta kind of adjust to and and just keep open to but a lot of times it's the issue is not homosexuality. It's femme black males. It's black males who are not comfortable gay for you. And when I mean comfortable gay for cisgender males, black males, it's like you are more feminine in your in your in your homosexuality. Because a, a, a homosexual that is like 
manly or you know you don't you like it's like you can be gay as long as i don't know you gay long as i don't see you acting in a way that makes me uncomfortable you can i'm comfortable with that and so um as a person myself who's had to grow to understanding all the different aspects the different types of um you know just the way i should understand and be open to everything because i used to be one of those people who was like i was just like that like i was like you know I'm cool with it. You ain't in my bedroom. I don't care. But that's passive. And that's also that's not supportive. And you're not really you're not you're not actually accepting people. You're just passively pushing it to the side and acting like it's someone else's problem. But it's everybody's everybody's thing. We all live in this world and have to experience people of different ethnicities, people of different sexualities, people of everything. And I think we just need to grow up, man. We need to cut it out. And grow right. up and, and right. accept that, that the world is changing, and either you're gonna get with it or, or get moved past. But then they shame the themselves that they haven't embraced this for real. But that's the because thing. you have tons of homosexual women, like more um a, a you know um manly type of a, 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 a type that type of woman. You can see that in HBCU bands, but if you see a femme male, they don't get the same type of love and support. Because we have this idea that a woman can be gay in whatever way she needs to be, but black males specifically, we don't like to accept it because we feel that anything that is a black male was taken away from our culture, and therefore it's an agenda to make all black men gay, and then that's going to stop us from being successful as black people. It goes into a deeper psychological function that we we operate in, thinking that homosexuality so homosexuality is like a weakness. And then Mario, weakness. It, it raises two other sides too, though. Usually, when you have a man that is out here bashing people like that, they probably qu have some questions themselves about them about them own selves. That's right. The thing. Insecurity, and, like a mug. Right. And then the second part of that is a lot of people don't have to address this. Yep. A lot of people don't get educated on this Mario until it touches home, whether it's a child, whether it's somebody you love. Like, you know, my two best friends in the world, uh, Julian's one of them, and my other, my best friend, uh, Eric. And, you know, I love him. I love those two people more. Like, those are my my people, man. Like, they were the best men in my wedding. And I was completely uneducated on the topic. Like, I'm getting emotional even now thinking about it, bro. Like, I was completely uneducated on the topic until my best friend felt comfortable enough to come to me and say I'm a gay man and he was damn near in his 30s when this happened and I had to go back and say did I make him feel uncomfortable to a point where he didn't even feel comfortable coming to me and saying that you know what I'm saying and he told me outright for the fear that you would stop being my friend because I made that statement so we we live in a world, especially with dance, like you said, Mario. I think you hit it on the head, Mario. I think you really did, bro. Where the 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 gender roles and how they're defined in our community are being challenged now, and we're gonna have to meet them the same way everybody else did. Second thing, y'all, is lawsuits coming, right? That that and part. And when people <laughs> money when people money start getting tied up into this. That's when you're going to really see people like, all right, I don't care if I don't want to change or not. It's coming. And then the last thing is uh, some of these groups with these all-male groups are very, very talented. I'm going to say, like, 
they can dance, man. Right. And like you know, male, males are a little more athletic, you know, so they are able to do like maybe certain things in certain ways. Like there's a lot of things that I think people question because they don't want to have to to meet those challenges head on. So I, I Julian, I think it's a great topic, bro. But I think it's, we're gonna have to to break it down even more because I think the way it's been applied here is so big that it's gonna touch on so many different subjects that I think as a black community we're yeah. gonna have to address with one it's another. Very, it's very broad in, yeah. in in nature, right? But you know, like I like I always say, my biggest thing is I want to actually have a conversation, right? So bringing the conversation up can can they go into little um, micro sections? Absolutely. Right. But just to even have the conversation, because who who's having this conversation right now? Right. Who's really who's really having the dialogue? Right. And 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 what we do, who's truly having the dialogue. So uh, just to bring up the conversation, I think was needed and what was necessary. So, uh, of course, we're going to go into it in, in, in different different ways and different avenues. But for right now, just to even bring it up and to have the conversation, I think that's what matters. Uh, real quick, Maya, any final thoughts on this? Um, no, I, I think did a, a good job of introducing the, the topic in, in a very open, open way. Um, I would like to say that, yeah, definitely representation. I mean, when you talk about these Gen X, Gen Zs, Gen U and Me's, what these, these, these kids, you know what I'm saying? Like these new generations, like they're going to make you feel it and they're going to put yeah. you in a position to where they are there known for being able to 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 talk against the norm like they they don't care they're gonna say exactly what they they want to say and they're gonna implement themselves in a way to where you understand exactly where they're coming from and they're not scared and i think that the introduction to men or males or um to dance lines is definitely going to be a necessary step in terms of representation diversity inclusion all of those things um as well as when you think about and Brian, you kind of said it as well with your own experiences. Like when we think about it backwards, the men or gay men or transgendered women or transgendered men who have to hide their identity or hide themselves even within the band, right? So you have people who have, and, and forgive me, I, I'm not trying to sound, I, I don't want to be harsh. I definitely want to be correct. Um, but the only way I can think of it is having to wear multiple hats. Right. So when I come in the band room, it is my expectation that I have to be a particular way. I am not able to be flamboyant or expressive. Um, if we're talking about males or, or, or gay men or whomever, I have to, no matter what instrument I play or whatever, I got to suit it up, cap it in, and no, even nobody can know, or it's not acceptable for me to display that. Now, even within our own band, we did have some who were pushing against that. And it it started to, it, it had some people uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, what? They got over it, right? And at the end of the day, everybody else will too. Whether it's the introduction to, to, to males on dance lines or whomever, it's going to be a topic of conversation and then you have no choice but to get with it. Get with it or get lost. It's, it's simply that. So I think that's where we are with it. Okay. I, I, I would just add that that, our, that safe haven has done a great job of, of embracing um, uh, the 
multifaceted approach to even going back to 2002. We have people who were um, in transition. Yeah, we have we've had a lot of people um, and a lot of people joke about like our our flag twirlers, our Spartan guards, but really won't roll up on them, though. So they ain't want to catch them hands. Right. If you're a little sleepy today, go holler at them. Yeah. They'll put you straight to sleep. They put them paws on you. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right, um, <laughs> no. Nah. I, I didn't hit the mute button like two, three times by accident. But no, nah, man, I appreciate yeah. you guys, man, on, on these topics, man. You know, I, I love all you guys. Real quick. Um, if you're well, let me do this the right way. Welcome everybody to talk that talk where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations, uh, that regard music, music education, band culture, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure that when you come in, you smash that like button. If you haven't smashed that like button already, please do so at this time, man, you guys are still here. Touch that like button, whether you like the content or whether you don't like the content, go ahead and click that like button. Let's get some of these likes up. Also, if you go over to the YouTube channel, please make sure that you subscribe to the network. We have a lot of things coming down and I want to make sure that you guys are a part of it. So when you subscribe to the network, also, please make sure you turn on notifications. Uh, the other thing is, uh, please make sure that you can also uh, go over to the Facebook page where you can continue any of these conversations as well as the Instagram page. So there is a Talk That Talk Instagram page as well as a Talk That Talk uh, Facebook page. Uh, I was having some discussions with some people and uh, we're probably going to start invading the Twitter market very soon uh, just to take the, the conversation over to Twitter uh, as well. So uh, be on the lookout for that if you're one of those those Twitter folk. All right. Uh, All real the people quick. watching this show, we need to get some of these people on this conversation. Some right. of y'all click that button because I'm sitting up here. I'm tired of y'all just sitting up here writing these little comments. Get in on this conversation. Say something or come say hi to somebody because I'm sure we know y'all. Get in here. Facts. Well, uh, I was really about to say um, I put the link in the subscription. I mean, in the comments. So if you want to get in with us right now, I, I was going to say that. Uh, <laughs> just click the link. Uh, just please make sure that your cameras are on. The link is inside of the, the comments. I put it in there like 522 times. So <laughs> click that link. Please make sure that your cameras are on. If you want to get in, have some of the conversation with us or get in on any of the topics that we discussed. Uh, what, what you going to say, Rick? Because I feel like you, you, you fired up. Go. I saw Sharice Parker come in here. I'm about to say Reese Parker was yes, in the comments. I saw Sharice Parker on here, and there's no way. Hey, mama. Hey, mama. <laughs> Reese Parker was my rookie mama, Maya. She brought me into the Norfolk State Spartan Legion. And, Maya, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. Maya, I got to tell you. What? There's been two women in my life that I have been horrified of. And she and, that, is, and that is my mother. Terry Brown and Sharice Terry. Parker. Sharice Parker is about five feet tall, maybe. She's powerful. And Sharice Parker put the fear of God in, in Yo, it. Yo, Sharice, what's up, sis? In class of 2000. Mama, you already knew. You knew it was coming. I literally knew it. Oh, my God. Look, Maya. Look. Look how cute she is. Look. Got a little picture right there. In the corner. Maya. Rookie Maya. meeting at 6 a.m. You better be yeah, there. Who you telling, Mario? Mario, Mario, I'm going to tell you this story Mario. right now, Maya. Quick story. Sharice, oh, yeah, that yeah. thing. my rookie brother, Jason, showed up to band practice. He had on all black and white like everybody else. 
but he had the smallest polo sign on his white t-shirt. Sharice, you knew it was coming. And Sharice, we was in that band room. I, we had finished practice at one o'clock in the morning. Sharice said, rookie class, how y'all ass in that band room? We were in that band room silent. Not a, you could hear the crickets outside. <laughs> Sharice made us stay in that band room until somebody told who had on that white shirt with that polo sign on it. We all sitting there. We like, we not snitching. We ain't snitching. Nobody snitching. <laughs> one o'clock, ain't nobody snitched. Two o'clock, ain't nobody snitched. Three o'clock, we still sitting there. My line, my rookie brother, Dominique, still pissed me off to this day. Going to stand up, Maya. Raise his hand. I can't, I can't take it no more. It was that dude right there. <laughs> Maya, yeah. you can see a hundred people turn their head slow to him just like this. Tough. <laughs> she just started putting the laps on the board. We like, oh Lord. Sean! I I I I I I wait. You who's own that, it. That? You dog, that's your uh, friend, brother. Uh, that's your chapter, bro. Welcome. I'm a, I'm gonna call, hey, hey, call hey. name that's on there. Welcome. What's good? Muncho. <laughs> what's good? What's good? It's uh uh yeah, it's good to see y'all. Um Mark Mark. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah, all, yeah. Yeah, all that. Yeah, I, I got, I got big. I got a, a LB, uh, right chapter, bro. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Spring three in the middle, baby. Yeah, yep, yep. Spring three. Yes, the cult. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you already know, bro. This is the perfect person for the conversation we just had too. Right. Oh, I, I was listening to it, and I'm not gonna say much because y'all said like. like like probably uh better better than I could have. I'm like um I just got get, just got out of the gym. I just happened to tune in like right at y'all's uh when y'all were saying things. But yeah, that's a summation of it. A lot a lot's changed the past twenty years, like a lot, a lot. And I think there's still some some of the what I noticed from when people talk to me, like people I'm connected to some like band members like for some several years within uh like, and Greeks across campuses and HBCUs and like the old mentality usually the the last bastions of like the i don't want no f words in my program all that is coming from directors it's coming from like old school kind of like alumni they're like hanging around but the bubbling up of the like like y'all said the um like these new generation these new generations they've they're experiencing what we fought for we fought for a more uh we did a lot of the groundwork for them to be able to live free and like to so that there's language for them to be to be um live their truth in a more they still have to have trouble they still have challenges but i'm glad this i'm so glad to see it when i was teaching um high school i was so glad to see that there was less of a need for a, like a, a gsa a gay straight alliance and all that because there was so much more um it was so much safer for them compared to when i was in, when we were in high school and there's still work to be done but yeah like the hour of time is not it's not slowing down for anybody right. and it's like people are going to get with the program or not and it's sad that there's a lot of countries. Think about all most of Africa, like the, these black queer people cannot go to most of Afri Africa. Like, uh, and I hear African American for my own like status there. I'm not not welcome in America. I'm not welcome in Africa. So mostly I just say I'm black. I, 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 the Cameroon flag that's my ancestral home. I can't go there without being arrested or killed. <laughs> so in here I can be arrested or killed. <laughs> so, so it's a um, it's it's a weird dichotomy, a weird uh, intersection, where yeah, just to see how time will go and the, the, the what the next twenty years will see. At least in the band world, what we have control of, because we 
y'all are extremely influential and we have more influence than we um than we um realize sometimes to actually enact those changes but i'm glad to see uh, a lot of things moving forward and with the dancers like yeah some of those the those guys those um all male troops in the um and the trans transgender troops and everything they have skill like they're they're <laughs> they, they, they could definitely uh, do it up so i'd like to see it i'd like to see band be more inclusive of people that don't necessarily play an instrument and that's a whole other avenue of people that, that love band that love music love the atmosphere love the able to show their talents that previously were locked out of it or just had to do it you know as a, as a team of people in at their garages or at a, at a basketball game in the stand somewhere but now just having that inclusion it's uh, it says a lot well sean right. i just want to thank you for coming on here because usually yeah. i'm outnumbered with all these monkeys so it's, <laughs> it's good to see a real man come on here <laughs> representing that realness the Pi Gamma chapter, the Pure Gold chapter, the most thunderous chapter in the third D. Yeah, dog. But Julie, if you allow me, dog, like Sean, man, if you don't mind, if I'm stepping out of bounds, dog, please let me know. Oh, oh, I trust your discretion. All that. I'm an open book. I am like I am Magneto for my community when I when I when I can be. So yeah, you can definitely ask ask whatever you need. I just want you. I would like you, man. I know we we talk about the band world here, but Mario even brought it up today about how so much of what we do aligns with the Black Greek community. Like, mm -hmm. can you just talk about briefly, man? You you know, as Omegas, it's oh, you got to be a cute dog, you got to be net, all this stuff. Can you talk about your experience, man? We had, you know, or briefly if you want, or you can talk about it fully, man. But like your experience being, you know, in a black. A fraternity, especially one like Omega, man. Like, what was that experience like for you, especially with me knowing some of the challenges you you faced in the front, man? So, what's like, what's some of that? If you'll talk about it briefly, yeah, I'll say from even as brief from, bro. No problem. I, I, I keep it concise. I love, but I'll say I've been I've been fortunate relative to a lot of the experiences that I've heard that people have gone through. I've had the great experience over the past like 10 years being connected to so many people with um, within like, uh, my organization, a different, within both fraternities where uh, like, there's, uh, there's whole communities. There's the, these, these shadow chapters where the strong, thriving, like uh, get together at, um, at the conventions, at, at the clay and everything else. <laughs> everything that every other, every other chapter does, but we have other experiences where like, okay, this this bro was uh like found out when he was like forty and like his, uh, uh and like put out of his chapter or the, or this person was facing this person was getting harassed by just this one or two bros where nothing in any of our orders says anything about um we gotta restrict certain sexualities nothing at all nothing in any of our public or uh, there's there are no um like you gotta make sure you ask like this X Y Z question so to, what I get a lot of is like oh well. You got to ask these people these questions, uh, but you don't ask the questions to other people. And if it's um, unless you want people to just start walking up to everybody they see and say, hi, I'm Sean, the bisexual or hi, I'm Sean, the gay person, um, then why don't bring it up. It's uh, people bring their individual hang ups to something that doesn't have and try to put that on to their organizations. And that's um, those are individual problems. It's not things that are within. There's nothing. Our, our orders are inclusive towards um, uh, gay and bisexual members on any kind of official note. There's, if people wanted to pass some kind of ordinance, they could, but nothing like that's going to pass because that's that's not how that's just not how they operate. It's not how the nature of 
the that's not major band service. That's not a major friendship. That's not the nature of any of that. Of how any of that really operates at its core. You can't. It, it's it can it couldn't withstand uh, criticism or an argument. So I'll just keep that uh, keep that short there. Yeah. All right, man. I, I, I appreciate you, bro. You know, I always appreciate you, dog. So, you know, much love to you. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, anything else you got to say before you head out? No, nope. Good to see y'all. I'm gonna get to back to studying the stuff for this contact lens quiz tomorrow. But um, make sure if you're wearing contacts, change the case every three months. Make sure you uh, change the water out to every day. <laughs> there you go. I'll right, get my plug for y'all's health. Right, All right. right. All right. Hey, Mama, Mama, <laughs> Maya, that's her right there. Hi. See how look how cute she is, Maya. So cute. She trying to look all nice, Maya. No. Go ahead. All I remember was some black tights on the field with that mellophone. You tell him, Mario. Go ahead, Mom. I don't recall any of this stuff. (laughs) I mean, like none of it. People would tell me about what I wore, and I'd be like, "No, I would never put that on." You know. You sound, you sound like you sound like Dr. Sanford when he doesn't want to be honest. You guys are you guys are lying. These are all lies. All all lies. lies. It's all lies. Hey man, hey, but for real though, and I don't know, you know, for all you Spartan Legion alumni, man, keep docking your prayers, man. Yes. Like Doc, Doc really needs us to have him prayed up, man. Uh he lost one of his sons, man. And that's that's huge, man. So, guys, if you can reach out to Dr. Sanford, everybody out here, yeah. he's a legend in the black community, especially the black band community. So, no matter what school you go to, man, just pray for Dr. Sanford, O'Neill Sanford. Yeah. Keep him in your prayer groups because he lost one of his sons, and and his son was also a musician, man. Very, very good trumpet player. Very so. good trumpet player. Yep. Mama, you lying? What you got? Mama, you lying. Okay, so while we are talking about Dr. Sanford and I've been listening to you all talking about the um, the differences in HBCU bands and um, what was up? Listen, it's been a long day. I do apologize. But just talking about how the, um, the adoption of some of the technique from mm-hmm. both sides. Um, Dr. Sanford has been very... Um, one of those pioneers that have uh, been able to kind of make that connection between both of them from him being at uh, Minnesota, then, you know, coming from HBCU bands and undergrad uh, and then to leading uh, several of them. So, you know, like he, he's one of the ones that I think about that have been able to kind of, you know, merge the two, um, two genres, I'll say, uh, in the marching band world. Um, So what I will, also say is uh, not to add to what you all have already provided, which is a lot of content that, again, I believe is necessary for this time, Um, not just because, you know, it's all the movements that are going on, but I believe it's just time. The diversity and and inclusion and quote-unquote acceptance that we, I don't want to say have to show, but that is really, really coming to the forefront is it's either, it could either make or or break you at this time. And if we are not cognizant of it and and take stock and don't just uh, say, this is what we've always done and that my band is this, or even organizations, um, 
we can't stay that same way because there are things that are put into place to eliminate you if you can't get on board with things like that. And so um, it's just a sign of the time. Um, and, and I think unless people can tell you why it's not accepted or why it's not something you can do, then there should be a platform to be able to do it. So but that's that. Hey, mom. Uh, hi, Rick. Yes, sir. How many how many laps we still owe you? Y'all still owe me some laps. Oh, wait, wait. This is a live broadcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, you got to stay I with the safe haven. Come on. Look, chill out. Right, right. All right. I love this I love girl. It. I love this girl with, with all my heart. But my oh, man. In 2000, I was horrified her, but she's the person. No. I will always, and Sharice, I'll say this on a live broadcast. You know, and no, you know, please don't, because I'm gonna cry. I can promise you, today hey, is gonna cry. Nah, because the class of 2000, you already know how we feel about she, you. She like, literally you, just said, "Don't say right. it." Right? <laughs> hey, you already know how we feel about you. Like we love you dearly. You were the person that brought me into the HBCU community, so I just thank the good Lord for you. You were hard, <laughs> but you were fair, and I love you so. It's good to I, see. I love you. And let me say this. So I this is the first time I've been able to catch it live, but I've seen the replays. And, and it, you too, Maya, I, you know, I have embraced you too because I've been watching. I'd be like, she's saying something legit. I feel like <laughs> you say the stuff that I want to say because it'd be like, no, 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 no. I don't care if I'm talking about dance lines or auxiliary or whatever. I'm talking about the whole culture and we belong and, you know, it's just a real, real, you know, and it's also has substance. Let me say that as well. It's not no, oh, I like, cause we jump it up in the air and splits and voguing and all that kind of stuff. It's really talking about technique. And I appreciate you all because, and I'm proud of you guys. Like I be looking like, oh my gosh, they are band directors. They are molding our youth. They are having podcasts putting out real information and I am so not even inspired, but I feel very, very happy to know you all, you know, um, not even a thing of just proud, but like, dang, I remember 2000 when Rick came in and had these, you know, I, I want to roll my feet type thing. And I was like, like you can play really well and you sound great. But when are you gonna lift these feet up? Okay. <laughs> um, but we're marching. I, mean, we're marching. I listen to you all talk. I listen to the passion that's in you all's voice when you all are speaking. It's just unmatched, and it's definitely um, it's the time, you know. And so I appreciate you all. Like I wish I was still kind of in the marching band world. I see it when I see it, um, or I see it at like games that I may go to because I work in sports, athletics. Um, but it, it just really makes it, you all have to, to, to bring it to us um, so that people can understand that the conversation needs to be had and you all are the leaders. Um, so thank you all for that. Yeah, she's doing big things where I ain't going to put a business out there, yeah. but she's doing big things. And Walter, you put a shout out to the Mellophone section. She can blow on that Mellophone too, bro. She got hey, she has some air on that thing, man. So go listen to that 2000. Norfolk State uh, Mellophone section. They 2000, 2001? Yeah, man. Yeah. They were everybody lunch. Those were my rebellion years, too, by the way. I was like... Indeed. <laughs> I, I was like, this is a fifth year. Girl, you're supposed to be out of here. I'm going to make everybody unhappy. No, but anyway. <laughs> Run. She cut me out when I showed up. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ms. Anyway, Paul, thank I, I thank you for showing up. You know we love you. Thank you. Bye, Mom. Bye. Bye.
Maya, y'all didn't have no rookie advisor, did you? No. When you came in the band, did y'all have rookie advisor? Like legitimately? No. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, nah, I'm good. Uh Smith. Real quick. Um, so let's get to this this part of the show where we always take care of this business. First of all, um hold up real quick. All right, anyway. First of all, um, I want to make sure I do this first. I want to shout out my LB. Make sure yeah. Yeah, uh, we get that we get that seasoning going on. Uh that all seasoning. Make sure you go pick that up. Please uh try to find him. He's on Facebook. He also has his own uh website, a little love, man. So go ahead and get that seasoning. It's top of the line seasoning. He got that honey butter coming out. That honey butter is top notch. I didn't put that honey butter in, and I think it's I didn't put it in some pancakes and waffles. I didn't did it all. So go ahead and 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 uh, pick up a little love, man. Don't don't use none of that other stuff. Use a little love. All right. Next thing, um, I want to make sure I put this out there again. Um, I was I was watching him uh, in here earlier. I know this is an old a old post, but I want to still make sure that we're supporting him. Please support Bailey. Uh, he's trying to make sure that he's raising some funds for his band program. Uh, so there's his number right there if you want to contact him. I think this. Um, this fundraiser itself is closed, but still try to contact him if you can to try to help him out. If you want to give him a, a give him a donation, man, there's so many people on here that's watching right now. So please, please, please try to link up with him uh, and give him a donation to his program. And the last thing that we have on here, uh, Rick, go ahead and talk about it. You can give more insight than I can. Yes. October 30th. Come first of all, come meet me, Maya and Julian, because we all going to be there. Maya, instead of having on the boo-boo kitty ears or the cap that uh Miss Scuttleberry hat, she's gonna come out, she's gonna have on a cameo box. She's gonna have like a box like kid and play on that day. So come, <laughs> come meet me, Maya, and Julian. But um October 30th at Prairie View AM University, Prairie View, Texas, um, will be the first annual US Bands Texas show uh show band. Inaugural. You ain't gonna wear no box, Maya. Inaugural, not first annual. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, first inaugural. Right. Inaugural. We're gonna have some cool, okay, up in yes. here. Oh, <laughs> madam. Sorry, madam. Yeah, you better have that cameo box too. Uh looking <laughs> like looking like Tiana Till uh on her album cover. But anyway, <laughs> uh, come out guys and support. It's a very, very awesome uh event that's gonna be happening. Uh bands are showing up left and right um signing up to be participants in this but it's the first official show style uh adjudicated competition at prairie view sponsored by u.s bands so if you want to get quality adjudication from quality judges from across the world that have done the hbcu style and judged at the highest level then this is the perfect opportunity to do so um no bashing your bands none of that stuff no having to change your style to fit in see See, inaugural. Look at mama. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, come out, support. We got to have, uh, if we want to see our band programs get better, this is the type of place where that starts. Support these bands. Come out, buy a T-shirt, support U.S. bands who wants to do great things uh, for HBCU-style bands. U.S. bands is a partnership between uh, the U.S. bands organization and the Blue Devils Entertainment. So it does have DCI backing as well. So. This is the place you want to be if you want to get a true uh, judging experience for your band. So come out, and then you can meet me, Julian, and Maya with the Tiana Taylor box. I won't be there, everybody. I live in New Jersey. 
Yeah, enjoy. Sorry. I mean, you can come down, man. You can figure it out. But uh, no, uh, I think Quan is gonna be there too. I gotta, I gotta yeah. make sure I reach out to him. But I think we Quan gotta do a talk. That talk, like uh, at at the show or something. Like do a live stream or something. Call Mario. Let me uh put me on in. Let me let me let me think about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna see how we can hook that up. So let me work on that. I got you. All right. Uh before we get out of here, you know what we always do, man. Uh Chief, let me go ahead and start with you, bro. Any final thoughts that you got for the culture? Man, let's stay um inclusive, let's stay supportive, let's continue loving each other. Um, let's continue to push our culture forward in the best ways we understand. Let's not be afraid of change. Um, and let's continue to get out and support our programs right now because uh, they need us more than ever. Um, though we're saying the things we're saying, we still support our programs, man. We want to see them thrive and strive and, and do the best they can. So, um, man, let's just continue to support our HBCUs. And um, for everybody that's out there that's dealing with any type of rejection in any way, man, know that there's people out here who love you and support you. Um, and that's important that you know that there's, I'm as a cis gender uh hetero male i love you as well and i and i want you to know that it's, it's a lot of us that have love for you um and please be you know you know please you know know that you're in the prayers and you are in good company when you're around people like myself that's for sure i don't know that's why all right uh rick anything you got for the culture uh Thank you, everybody. I had a bunch of people reach out to me, man, for with some love and support um, during the last week or so with my cousin, man. I was I really appreciate the love and support with that, man. I love y'all, man, and it really helped me get through that time. Um, just in general, y'all, I, I, I can't. I got to back up what my man Mario said. Support, you know, HBCUs, but more importantly, support black. You know, what I'm saying I say this every show. I want it to be like the thing. Oh, here it comes, because. You know, I heard a quote and this quote was so powerful to me. And the quote was, I'm not going to be looking for help for my issues from my oppressor. Mm. We can't be looking for help from people that don't want to see you get better. You want to see you get better. You make you better. And we do that together. Let's do this together. Let's get back to those 50s and 60s black communities like Mario was talking about earlier. You know, let's get back to projecting an image that we want people to see us as, as not the one that they want to project onto the world. All right. So just, you know, let's be better. Let's be black. Let's support black. Let's support black businesses, black education, black people. Like, let's just be better to one another. Uh, I can't stress that enough, man. And then finally, guys, um, just come out and support these young bands. You know, it's a lot of young music educators, uh, educators that are starting out. We all were young first year educators sometimes. And let's just be the the bridge builders. Let's be the you know the next person that that is able to help move um, what we want to move forward forward. So have a good night. Yeah, especially especially if you're in the Texas area, you know, let's try to come out and support that U.S. bands thing. If you're in the Texas area, especially. Yeah, Sharice right. Parker, shout out. Love you, mom. All right. What's good, mom? <laughs> <laughs> Maya, anything for the culture? Um, I mean, we said we said every uh every week, reach one, teach one. Uh let's put our money where our mouths are. Um be an ally, be an ally. Um 
basically it's catching on, right? Um, like wildfire, the conversation is catching on week by week by week. We get a little bit further into those uncomfortable conversations, but obviously um, we have people that are coming back and, and it's expanding. So it's doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Um, we're two or three are gathered. You know what I'm saying? Like we're doing exactly what we need to be doing to be able to progress the culture forward, whatever that means to you. Um, we have to continue to do our part. Uh, we have to again, put our money where our mouths are. We have to be a helping hand. We have to be a resource. We have to be a, a, a sense of peace, a sense of knowledge to be able to see the implementation that we we, we just talk about and, and want to see happen. Oh, I'm nosy. Okay, yeah. But yeah, definitely can't wait to do it again. As always, the conversation was amazing. And yeah, we're just going to have to keep doing it. Stop reading the comments, girl. Hey, who's some of the battles we need to be watching this week, man? Any any good games coming up? Hampton against Norfolk. Oh, that's this weekend. Battle of Bands on Friday. All right, okay. let's go. make sure we Bro. check that out. And I know Southern and PV are two weeks from now, so that's a big mm -hmm. one coming up. So yeah, man, some good battles coming up, man. So yeah, all right. And finally, uh, with me, one of the things that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to trying to make sure that I'm continuously in the culture. So I went to the National Battle of the Bands. I went to the Cotton Bowl. I'm going to try to make sure that I get out. Well, I am going to make sure that I get out to uh, the U.S. Bands performance. Um, and then I'm going to try to get to the uh, Bayou. So I'm trying to I'm trying to keep moving uh, just to make sure that I'm I'm continually active in the culture, because one of the things that I like to post up all the time is. It, it's not going to make any sense, you know, for me to comment about the culture if I'm not actively a part of it. So that comes with me actually being a part of it, marching in it. That comes from me being an educator, but also me still being in the culture and being active and being there. Uh, so that goes from me going to games. That goes from me going to battles. That also goes to me going to DCI performances when when that time comes around. Right. So. Uh, I want to make sure that you guys know I'm going to continue to be in that. I know the panel is going to continue to be in that when they can. So uh, one of the things that I'm going to always say about this this show and this channel is continue to support, continue to support, always show love, share this information out. If you're watching it right now, share it with somebody who you know who thinks need to hear it. One of the things, like I said earlier, we're not going to do is we're not going to come on here and just be bashing and trash talking and doing all that. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to continue to keep the conversation moving forward. All right. All right. So with that being said, I appreciate you all. Oh, what up though? AEA. All right. To all my KK side bros. AEA. Uh, what up though, Brody? Uh, Tall Beta Sigma. Yeah. Maya and, and Rick. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate y'all. Uh, mm -hmm. Great show. What up, Hooch? Uh, <laughs> you guys for coming in. Appreciate the panel. You guys know I love all y'all. Until next time, we'll see y'all. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.